0: Matthew chapter 17. It's been a couple weeks since we've been in this passage, but Matthew 16 and 17 is the mountaintop in the Gospel of Matthew. Everything leads up to it and then descends from it. The core of Matthew... The, the climax of Matthew, the climax of Mark, the climax of Luke, all three of those Gospels is the same event. Where Jesus turns to the apostles and says, Who do men say that I am? And they give him various answers. Oh, some say you're Elijah, some say you're the prophet, some say, uh, mentioned in the book of Deuteronomy, And some say this, they give all sorts of answers. Well, who do you say that I am? And Peter answering for the group, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the anointed, promised anointed who would come and be king. You are the Christ, the Son. At the same time, you are the Christ, you are this descendant of David who would take the throne forever. You are also the son of God. And Jesus says to Peter, you are Petras. By the way, this is this is unique to Matthew's gospel. This next statement, you are Petros," you are Peter. He's already called him that when he first called be met Peter. We know in the gospel of John, he says, you are Your name has been Simon, which kind of means eh, not really a reliable guy. You're going to become Peter. Cephas is Aramaic. Petras is Greek. You're going to become a, a rock. And on this Petra, the feminine form of the same word, this giant boulder, I will build my church. And they, let me tell you folks, they have got to be tap dancing all over the place. They are so excited. They are so elated. And then Jesus takes a pin and punctures their balloon. Oh, by the way, I am going to be rejected. I'm going to be handed over to my worst enemies. I'm going to be tortured and killed. And Peter takes him aside and says, Not so, Lord! Not so, Lord! That's not the plan! We didn't sign up for that! We signed up for kingdom glory! What was the message of John the Baptist? Repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What was the message when you began your ministry? Repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And all of a sudden you're telling us of your rejection and death? Get behind me, Satan! You do not savor the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. As I indicated a couple weeks ago, that's going from the penthouse to the outhouse. (laughs) That fast. And I'm telling you this. The close of chapter 16, you must, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it you want to find life you want to find glory you want to find that place of exaltation Deny your own plan and take up my plan Folks that is an act of faith Because every single person Wants to be in a good place But the idea of going through a cross experience to get to the good place is not the plan we choose That's not the plan we choose, but that's the plan of God. Ouch. But let me tell you something God is good. God is good. Verse 26 of chapter 16 for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul by the way the word soul we tend to think we use that word soul and we think of well that's the inanimate part of man and yes we are souls with bodies we're not bodies with soul. the most the important part of us is our soul it is our inner person but that word soul in its use in first century mediterranean world wasn't just that inan- inanimate part of you it is your life experience for he that would save his life experience will lose it you want a retirement plan that really works throw your life away and follow me and you'll find it invest in my plan For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses the outcome he's really trying to achieve? Or what will a man give in exchange for that? For the Son of Man. Let me tell you my plan, folks. Let me tell you my plan, apostles. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. I'll take that. Will you take that? I'll take that. (laughs) Amen. That's the retirement plan I want. It lasts for eternity and it's immeasurable in its glory. I'll take that. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And the very next event, starting in chapter 17, verse 1, is Peter, James, and John go up on the Mount of Transfiguration and they see Jesus displayed in all of his glory. And that's where we were in our last message. They saw him displayed in all of his glory, shining with light. And they are coming to ha- and so here is a solid proof. Peter, James and John, they can come down. We heard these words from Jesus about Kingdom Glory we just saw it we just experienced it it's not just words he actually walked us into a momentary experiencing of the Kingdom Glory that is promised to us he's given us a tangible encouragement they come down off the mountain And now we're into new material because they come down off the mountain here, the other nine apostles and a multitude. And when they had come, come to the multitude, a man came to him, Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So Jesus comes down off the mountain with the three apostles. They, are in, they meet this situation where this boy has been brought to them who is demon-possessed, and the demon keeps throwing him into the water, into the fire. And they, the nine apostles there have been unable to deal with the problem. And Jesus is very, very clear. He couldn't be, and we talk about it straight from the shoulder, rebuke. Oh, faithless and perverse, crooked generation. Oh, faithless, where's your faith? and then he does what the apostles could not do and the apostles privately come to him lord why couldn't we do because of what i already said your lack of faith let me ask you a question folks how how bright how smart do you have to be to what be able to walk in faith (laughs) uh is there is there a talent aspect to walking no there isn't you Every single person on this planet walks in faith right now. When you got up this morning, of course you don't even think about it because you've been doing it all your life. You put a shirt on. Those of you who have shirts with buttons and you buttoned your buttons. And you belted your belt, you you buckled your belt and you did all and you tied your shoes, unless you're a smart guy and have boots like me. And you expected those buttons to work, the belt to work, the shoelaces to stay. That was an act of faith. Now, it's not a difficult act of faith because you've done it thousands and thousands of times and it's pretty well worked. I mean, we've all had buttons that popped and the buttonhole. But and you do everything we do is based on a promise everything we do is based on a promise of one level or another, and we follow through on that, and it is an act of faith. God asks no more of us than is native to us. We can't function in this universe without it being an act of faith. Whether it's in a virtuous, whether we're trusting in the right thing or the right person or not is a different issue. But faith is the operating principle of how people live then the issue becomes faith in what jesus came down off the mountain and here is this boy these nine apostles they had cast out demons before this was not a new issue for them jesus had already sent them out back in chapter 10 he has sent them out two by two he has given them authority to cast out demons to heal the sick to cleanse lepers to raise the dead and they've done it they've done it that's why they're surprised why why were we not successful your lack of faith because not every demon is the same kind Some demons are able to exercise more. And by the way, demon. Let me just talk. What is a demon? The Greek, the word demon is translated, transliterated from Greek daimon. It means a divine being. Well, what are they? They are, they are the angels that fell with Lucifer. One third of the angelic host. Uncountable multitude of angels. Probably well, I don't know. I know there are 33 million Hindu gods and goddesses, and they're all demons. That's just in India. So, hundreds of millions at least of these fallen angels, these divine beings, and what are they doing? They're roaming the earth, creating turmoil. But Jesus has authority over all of them, and He has attached that authority to us, not just to these apostles, but every single follower of Jesus Christ has his, his authority. Matthew chapter 28, probably one year from now, <laughs> all of, Jesus says to the apostles, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel and behold I am with you even to the end of the age I am with you you have the right to call on me in all of my power all of my authority but you must believe it when you call, don't just mouth words you must believe it And sometimes, based on the authority or power of that particular fallen angel, demon, you may need to exercise more effort, fasting and prayer, than with others. But because you meet with failure immediately doesn't mean that you're stuck with that. It means you must rededicate and and pull some other things out of your tool belt and move forward and so the apostles are they had been successful now they're not successful and he tells them it is your lack of faith there's no special gifting here if you have faith like a mustard seed the mustard seed was the smallest seed known in the middle east for cultivated agricultural purposes. I've heard people, oh, well, you know, mustard seeds are not the smallest seeds. Orchid seeds are smaller than mustard seeds. Did you know that? Well, yeah, if you're in the Pacific (laughs) where orchards grow, you might know that. But as far as their life experience, they don't even know what an orchid is, okay? The mustard seed. If you have faith like a mustard seed, the smallest seed used for cultivating and growing crops, you can say to this mountain, be lifted up. Move from here to there. And it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. One of my favorite, there are many, 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 many illustrations, but a man who's been here often in our own church, Siton Lee buddha failed him buddha did not protect his grandparents when they were bathing the buddha idol his grandparents were murdered right before his eyes they're in that packed buddhist temple then when he goes into the pol pot's concentration camp here's the statue of buddha and here's a hammer you are they were instructed to strike that statue of buddha or they'd be killed well, he thought Buddha would kill him. I can't strike the statue of the idol of Buddha with a hammer without Buddha killing me. But they will kill me for sure if I don't. So he struck this statue of Buddha, the idol of Buddha, and Buddha didn't kill him. And then almost five years later, when he's in this line of young men and getting their heads smashed in because they discover their academic records, and this guy, Seton, he's way too smart to let him live. We're, we're wiping out all of the upper echelon, because we're going to rebuild society. That was Paul Pot's plan, and he looks down the line of young men getting their heads smashed in, and he's he's decided Buddha's not getting me out of here. He's not going to defend me, so he cried out to the Lord of the Universe to defend him, and the camp commander walked right up and pulled him right out of line. He doesn't know who the Lord of the universe is, but he's going to find out because six months later when he escaped the camp and he's going through the minefields, going on his way up to Thailand, this man came running out of the jungle. He said, could only be called a wild man, grabbed me and said, I want you to know that the Lord of the universe is Jesus Christ. That man didn't know the words that Seton had used. He didn't know the God name that Seton had used, but God knew and put those words in that man's mouth. Seton turned to Jesus. He turned to Jesus. And Jesus has since then shepherded his life. He now has a powerful ministry back in Cambodia. And God has done wonderful things through that ministry. Faith, faith, Lord of the universe, please save me. And the Lord of the universe had him dragged out of the line by the camp commander. We've heard of these kind of things and you can, I love getting the Jews for Jesus and the Jesus film letters. I mean, all every month I'm hearing, I'm reading these testimonies of the mighty things that God has done to protect people. We had a fellow that he's been with the Lord now for about 18 years, founded founded the Mexican Mission Ministry, Walter Gomez. I love Walter's story. Walter Gomez, his mother was a German Mennonite whose family were missionaries to the Comanche Indians up in Oklahoma. His father was from Mexico. They brought a herd of cattle up from Mexico to the Comanche reservation. And while he was there, he got exposed to the gospel through these German Mennonites. And so he wrote a letter back to his family in Mexico saying, hey, I've, here's the gospel and I've become to faith in Christ. They said, that's wonderful. We disown you. Go away. Don't ever come back. So he ended up marrying this German Mennonite gal and their son was Walter Gomez. And Walter spoke English. High German, Spanish, and Comanche. <laughs> but Walter Gomez took the mission took the gospel to Mexico, Mexican mission ministry. It's now evangelical mission ministry. And I remember one of his testimonies when he had just begun his ministry. He's sharing the gospel down there. And they started, this crowd formed and started chasing him and the two companions with him. Well, Walter had nurses, nursing training. And so he's they're running and they get to this house where he's they've been living and he turns around and the guy who's leading the charge. Now, I I didn't know this to Walter. There is a nerve right here in your shoulder. And if you hit that nerve just right, you have control of that person. And Walter turns, he's not mixed martial arts. He asked for God's help, and he put his thumb out, and the guy leading the charge, Walter, hit his shoulder, hit that nerve, perfect, and the guy went to his knees. And the whole crowd stopped. And they decided we got better things to do (laughs) than chase God's guy. God is in control. God is in control. Faith. Faith, the size of a mustard seed. If you bank on that, God will do things. They're not here this morning because they're off visiting family. Tom Ottaway. What was it, about five months ago? Six months Tom had not slept through the night for two years because of his, he's down to about 30% oxygen. His lung capacity is so terrible. And we sat him in a chair here. We laid hands on him. We anointed him. And he believed God for his healing. That night, he slept through the night for the first time. And I believe it was about four days later, he went to the doctor who had been his doctor through all of this thing with his lung issues. And the doctor checked him out and said, well, bye, you don't need me anymore. And he's been fine ever since. We just had the wonderful testimony from Jim of a woman full of cancer and the Lord cleansed her. It's not because the people who laid hands on her and prayed for her were special. No, the God to whom they spoke in faith is special. It's this good God that showed up and did the work. Because they had faith like a mustard seed. And they persisted and persisted and persisted. And the boy was healed by Jesus. Jesus explains to the disciples, this was not a secret, it's what you've been doing, but sometimes you have to press forward in fasting and prayer. I'm gonna ask Bob to share a testimony right now that you shared in Sunday school about fasting. Yes, how you were walking along and you were in a process of fasting about an issue that we had in the church. And here was Bob exercising the discipline of fasting and prayer and the angel of light spoke to him. Satan comes as an angel of light, spoke to him. Oh, you can stop now. And God, the Holy Spirit, stepped in to Bob's life experience and said, don't. Pay attention to that voice because fasting and prayer is a spiritual weapon added to our faith as in part of our exercise of faith where we are crying out to God and Satan was trying to subvert the the process because he knew what he was doing was on the verge of collapse. And so Bob persisted with the help of God's the Holy Spirit's encouragement to continue and the issue was addressed. We need to continue to fast and to pray as part of our faith walk. And that's why Jesus encourages the disciples to do this. And then Jesus goes on. Verses 22 and 23. Now while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them again, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him and the third day he will be raised up. And the third day he will be raised Is a bad event about to happen? Yes. But a glorious event will follow. And if the bad event, if the pain and the suffering do not proceed, there won't be the glory. Folks, I hate to tell you, that's the plan. <laughs> that's the plan. Now we've got men here who have military background why do you do basic training (laughs) is basic training fun is it not no you do it so that you can put yourself in a place where you can succeed where otherwise you would have failed if you don't do the discipline you can never be put in the place of success of victory. The discipline of the Christian life is faith. Faith. Let me conclude by pointing to these two, word, these two verses. This is Hebrews chapter 12, chapter, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 11 is 40 verses. It's called the Hall of Fame of the Faithful. Where the writer to the hebrews is walking anybody i when i was a kid i went to the baseball hall of fame in cooperstown new york and you go down the hall and hear all these bronze images on the wall plaques with this the faces and the stats of all these baseball players well that's what we have in hebrews chapter 11 we're walking down the hall and we're looking at all these people men and women who exercised faith. But it concludes with this, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, these people named in chapter 11, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, with the pain in your side, With the muscles that are screaming for (laughs) more oxygen, you keep going. You keep going. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of... Now, my version says our faith, but the hour is in italics. Eliminate. The author and finisher of faith. You want to see the par excellence example of what a walk of faith is? It's Jesus. Jesus walked by faith. He went through the cross experience as he says to the apostles, I will be killed, but I'll be walking into glory. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, the par excellence example of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame. To despise something means you don't value it. Oh, look at all the horrible, shameful things we're going to do to this guy Jesus. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm looking at the joy. Despising the shame, counting it a little thing, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, the place of power, the place of authority. How did it work out for Jesus in his walk of faith? Really well. And we are to follow in his footsteps. That's what he's telling us. And right there at the core, right in the very core of Matthew's gospel. Walk by faith. When you encounter an issue, address it with faith. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we thank you. That you haven't called us to frustration. You haven't called us to failure. You've called us to victory. You've called us to a path that is difficult, but you've called, ca- called us to victory. You say every step of the way, I will be with you. I will strengthen you for every step. Are they difficult steps? Yes, they are difficult steps. But I will bring you to a victory that matches my own And, Lord, that is what we are banking on. That is what we are trusting. That is what we have faith in. And you are the one that we can fix our eyes on right now in the face of our test as the the one who will meet the test for us as we trust in you. And the same way, That when we had our unsolvable problem that we are sinners before a holy God and you, Jesus, paid sins penalty for us. And how has that become ours? By a simple act of faith, receiving the benefit. And now you have promised that as we walk in imitation of you, trusting you, you will bring us to the same sort of kingdom glory that you have. And we, lo- we are so grateful, Lord, that you have given us so much more than simple redemption. As wonderful as that is, you actually want to unload the treasury on us. You want to give us everything. We thank you for this. In your name, good King Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen.